What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Luke Hartman Show. I'm Luke Hartman, aka the Madman, aka Lamborghini Luke, aka Lukey Low Cabs. I'm excited to be here with you all. Hope you're all doing good. You know, I'm feeling great. The exercising is going really good. You know, the diet's going phenomenal. And I'm feeling good, you know, for breakfast. Got some apples in, some blueberries, some Greek yogurt, add some coffee, and then done a workout. You know, I like to do my workouts when I got high blood pressure, when there's caffeine roaming through my veins. Then after the workout, after the push-ups, the sit-ups, the squats, the weights, the heavy lifting, the light lifting also, I have a protein shake to relax. That's what I do to chill. I drink protein, pure protein. You know, it's crazy. I've been in the game now for three weeks and I already have a six pack. Unbelievable. And people listen to that and say, Luke, you're wrong. That's not true. I know it ain't. But it feels like there's one in there somewhere. I'm just trying to bring it out. I know I have a six pack in me. It's just putting in the work to bring it out so I can show the people on the Luke Cartman show every Friday on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Do I need to repeat myself? You know, I, uh, you know, recently I've been doing a lot of reflecting uh, just on my life and kind of just, you know, how things have been recently. And, you know, I've spoken before about this all or nothing mentality that I have with everything, whether it be alcohol, drugs, food, you know, comedy, the podcast, basically anything. I would just have this all or nothing mentality. There's no middle ground or anything like that. I want all of it or none of it. And I've been like that for a really, really long time, to be honest. And the other day I was sitting there thinking, where did this come from? You know, because this is a learned behavior that I didn't always have. Um, you know, growing up when I was a teenager, I was lazy. I didn't have discipline. I had a bad attitude and was just kind of walking around just in a funk almost and just kind of arrogant and just in a bad place. You know, personality wise, mentally, physically, I was just, I wasn't in a good place. And something had to change, you know. So what happened was I ended up going to military college, spent three or four years in military college uh, because, you know, that was the thing that was going to give me what I was lacking in, in terms of the discipline, the structure, and kind of take the bad attitude away from me. Military college was going to give that to me. And, you know, I went to military college you know, first week or two, you're a bit like, oh, what the fuck? And then I started really getting into it. And I changed through military college. It literally changed me as a teenager. It really did. Um, it gave me discipline. It gave me structure. It gave me a better attitude. Uh, and, you know, you're doing, you're exercising twice a day as well. And you're learning there's no real room for bullshit in places like that. And, it really changed me. And, you know, the other day when I was thinking, where did this all or nothing military type of mentality that I've got, where did it come from? Um, and what's crazy is, you know, I've been asking myself that question for a long time, to be honest. Where did this military mentality come from? And if I make one little mistake, then, you know, there's a huge consequence because of it. Where did this originate from? And it was like, I was answering my own question just by asking it this whole time. I learned all of this from military college. That was my foundation of discipline and structure and all those things I just mentioned. Because before it, I didn't have any of those things. You know, I was a really, I was just like a lost kid. You know, I was really shy and, didn't really fit into any group and was kind of introverted and, you know, had a chip on my shoulder, you know, when I was angry all the time and I let people know that I was pissed off and acted out in many different ways. And, you know, just kind of, you know, I wanted people to like me quite a lot. I was really focused on that when I was younger. 
Um, I was just a mess. And I, like I said, got into military college and that all changed. Um, and I didn't, like, I never thought it would have stuck with me for this long after. Like it's been like 10 years, since nine, 10 years since I've been in military college. And it's literally stuck with me this long. And what I was thinking about the other day, I was like, you know, a lot of good came from it. Um, and there's a lot of good tools that I've learned, but I think I took it a bit too far in terms of having an unhealthy obsession and an unhealthy work ethic and discipline and structure, which they're all good things to have, which I still have, but I was approaching them in a really, really unhealthy way. Like, so like now I'm trying to re I'm reattempting to not reattempt. I'm attempting to rewire my brain, you know, to undo this learned behavior or the bad parts of it, you know, and it's interesting. Like I always try and take these inventories of myself and just kind of, you know, that's the nature of, you know, for me, that's kind of what comedy is to me. You know, as a standard comedian, you're looking at every different shade of yourself, every different part, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And you mine yourself for material and kind of see what's in there and learn about yourself. And, you know, I'm always in that state of self-analyzing and looking at where I'm doing wrong and what I need to do better because I never used to be that way. I was kind of just, I was one way and that was it. You know, I had such a chip on my shoulder that no one could tell me anything. Um, and I was, you know, at that point in my life, before military college and stuff like that, I was just in such a bad place, you know, kicked out of two high schools because I was being an idiot and acting out and, you know, had no options. So that was why, you know, when I got to military college and I kind of changed as a person, as a young man, I was going to follow that. I was going to go in the military because at that point in time, there was no other option for me. I had no GCSEs, didn't even finish school, no qualifications. I don't know nothing about nothing. And the military seemed like a really good option for me. It was going to give me money. Um, it was going to be more discipline, more structure. I was going to be healthy, you know, travel the world, all these different things and learn something. Then it got to a point where it was like, this isn't what I really want to do. You know, I feel like I was just, I was just kind of doing it because people, you know, wanted me to fix my life and get it together a bit. It wasn't truly what I wanted, but the more I did, I was getting interested. And, you know, I was like two stages away from going to basic training and really putting it together. And I woke up one day and thought, you know what? I don't fancy getting shot. I don't want to get shot. And that was kind of it for me. I thought, I just, it's not what I want to do. Why take a bullet, you know, enough? And, you know, from making that decision, it was like, right, so now I've got to get a job. I need to make money somehow. So what am I going to do? And end up getting a job and putting some money together and got my own place. And, you know, I was going through it a bit there where I was going through like quite a bad depression and stuff like that. And, you know, at that age, like you're, you're figuring out what you really want to do with your life. And like I've said on previous episodes, I always knew I had something in me, you know, all my life. I just, I knew I could do something creatively, you know, ever since I was a kid, I was having these thoughts and I would literally just like imagine myself on a stage. Um, but every time I would imagine it, it wasn't doing anything. It was kind of just being in that environment in like a big theater. And, you know, I always thought it'd be music I'd be involved in. I've always had, a love for music it was my first love, you know, ever since I heard it, I was just enthralled with that world. And that definitely sparked a lot of my creativity. And I loved drawing when I was a kid and getting into art and stuff like that. And I always wanted to dedicate myself to an art form. And then, you know, when I got to the point in my life where, you know, I've just got a job, just got a place. I'm going through this really, really rough time in my life. Like not knowing what's going on. I'm struggling mentally, you know, life, the world can be quite a scary 
place at that time, you know, and you kind of hit rock, hit rock bottom. And you're like, well, so where do I go from here? Like, you just, you don't know. And I got into stand-up. You know, I was introduced to comedy and it changed everything for me. It was like, just the whole course of my life changed through that. Like, you know, growing up, you know, mixing around in wrong circles and doing all this crazy shit and just living the way I was and how I was. And I was like, you know, on a first class ticket to either being in jail, you know, being killed, whatever, having like a really, really bad drug or drink problem at that time and just wasting away. And I was on a really bad path and, you know, when I found comedy and was introduced to it and got involved in our world and I felt it like, this is it. This is the thing I've been looking for. I felt like I fit in. And, you know, growing up, I never really felt like I fit in anywhere. I always kind of felt like an outsider to, you know, whoever I was around or just, I always just felt like that. Like I was kind of always on the outside looking in and just kind of observing, observing, uh, observing is how you say it, uh, observing life. You know, I was quite shy and introverted. And when I found comedy, it was like, everything made sense when I found stand-up. It was like, this is literally the thing I've been looking for. You know, when I say I used to imagine myself on stage as a kid, like, I would think this is what it was. And, you know, I don't believe in, like, you know, predicting the future and it was in my cards and all that shit. But do you know what I mean? Like, it was, it all just made sense. Uh, it all made sense in that moment. And, you know, stand-up comedy brought me out of depression, out of serious rock bottom. And I've spoke about it on episodes in the early days, like how really, really depressed I was and, you know, as bad as it could possibly be, I was at that place. You know, not knowing what was going to happen next. I was, it wasn't looking good, to put it that way. And comedy brought me out of it. It literally saved my life. You know, and I hate being cheesy. You know this. My listeners know I hate this shit, but I'm just being honest with you here. It saved my life. It gave me a new life. It made a lot of things make sense. Uh, growing up, it was like, especially now when I look back, it was like I was always going to be a comedian. You know, I was a comedian in the making and you kind of don't realize it when you're going through it all. But then when you come out the other side of it, you realize like, wow, it's kind of weird how life works out. And, you know, I was thinking, I only go on stage. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get the ball rolling. You know, it was in my mind for maybe a year or so uh, where I was kind of just learning about it. And I pulled the trigger and I went up there for the first time. And like I've mentioned before that I told, you know, a joke about something that like affected me more than anything growing up, you know, like family shit and just was up there just talking. Like there was no material. I was just going up there and talking. I didn't have a piece of paper that I wrote a joke on. I just went up there and was talking. And, you know, your first time is your first time. It don't go great, but I got a couple of laughs and, as I was up there, I was like, this is it, you know? And it was so weird in that moment to uh, go from where I came from to have ended up on a stage at that point in my life. It was almost like everything, everything I went through pushed me up there. And that it was inevitable that at some point in my life, I would end up on a stage. And, you know, kept doing stand-up, you know, kept going up there. And I always carried all of that stuff with me. The fact that I'm very, very lucky to even be here talking to you today. Um, I'm very lucky to have made it out of the place I was in mentally and just the environment that I was around. Uh, very lucky to have figured it out and put it together. Um, unless you don't do it by yourself. You know, I've had some good people around me who are still around me to this day which have helped me get to this level and obviously you know 99% of it has to come from me but 
you know, that 1%, 5% or 10% that comes from the people around me who have helped me. Uh, who knows if I would have done it without them? You know, I think when you're like your lowest point in your life and you're fucked up, it can be a big help to have someone there to just kind of give you a little push or just kind of, you know, let that person know that you kind of know what they're going through. To have, because it's hard to go through it by yourself. And listen, I know, especially as men, we want to just do it ourselves and push through it. And it's like a military mentality where it's like you just push forward and get through it. But sometimes it can get, sometimes you can just be lost and not really sure what path you're on. You know, you want to do better. So sometimes it's good to have someone there to help you with that. And I was lucky enough to have that. And, you know, I always wanted just an opportunity. I always just wanted a chance to better myself and my life. Like I've said, like, I'm no saint. I'm no sinner. But, you know, when I was young, man, I was out of control. You know, I started it in maybe 13, 14, 15. I just, I lost my mind and was living a really bad lifestyle. And I remember thinking in those times, you know, if I just had the chance to really better my life, I would take it. And I was fortunate enough to have that opportunity. And I took it. And I'm here now. And it's really bizarre. Like, I always reference the movie Eight Mile. And I say how I always get that comparison from people. And, you know, some people can think it's cheesy, but I don't give a fuck. Uh, when I first saw that movie, that was another thing that just changed me. I could relate to a lot of it. Um, not just, you know, kind of what he was, well, it was what he was going through. Like you could almost see the internal battle he was having with himself. Like he knew he had it in him, but he just couldn't bring it out. And he choked out one time on stage and then, you know, going through all what he was going through. You know, you see the final battles when he goes up against the three guys and then the final battle against Papa Doc and he was got a black eye and he's there like, and he just, insane and inspiring uh, that scene and that like I carry myself in that way not just um, before on stage because trust me before I go on stage you know I'm usually like in the bathroom you know for a couple of minutes just like looking at myself in the mirror thinking about all these times all these things I went through everything I had to go through to get here I'm looking at myself in the mirror thinking about all that stuff and then, you know, I switch it and I go into performing on stage. But even in life, I carry myself in that way. Like there's a scene in the movie where, you know, he's in the factory and like he's just there, like just kind of looking and you can tell he's struggling, uh, that he's not doing what he loves and he's not realizing his potential, so to speak, in that moment. Like he's just doing this thing to get by. And I relate to that at work sometimes. I, I stand there and think, I just think about being on stage. And, you know, not being able to do it for, you know, it's been like a year and a half, almost two years since I've been on stage doing comedy and I miss it, you know, for the longest time. Like, I was like, yeah, do you know, I don't mind as much because I've got a podcast, uh, which I do. And that is like my training room this podcast is like my gym before going on stage like and you know doing this I wouldn't say it was enough because it's different like being on a stage performing with people you know you're there in front of a crowd it's that environment you're on stage you've got the lights and you're hearing people either laugh or don't laugh in that moment and it's a completely different thing with this I don't know if it's funny until people listen to it or what they thought about like I don't you don't get that immediate reaction uh, which I miss, like, it's such a drug to make people laugh, like, even in day-to-day -day life, like, when I make someone laugh, I get just an energy rush from it, it's like, you know, it's like heroin or something, like, you're just addicted to this feeling of making people laugh, and I always had that, I just never realized that I actually was, if that makes sense, like, I always, making people laugh was something that always stood out to me, um, you know, I never thought it would end up being what I do. 
though. Like, you know what I mean? And um, what's my point? I'm kind of jumping all over the place here. I'm drinking uh, H2O, some fucking water, courtesy of Planet Earth. Thank you very much. But, uh, yeah, like, I do, I really miss doing stand-up now. I just want to get back up on stage. The apocalypse needs to end and get back on stage. Like, I've got, I was looking the other day, uh, 56 hours uh, worth of podcasting. Like, there's so much material that I've got from this show and I can still get from it. Like, premises, ideas, even jokes and material itself. Like, you know, this has uh, been a great thing. And, you know, having this train in place. So like, that's one of the reasons why I do the segments like the questions from the internet, because they're random, you know, questions. They're kind of just, they fire different synapses in your brain and get you thinking and thinking about different scenarios and do especially doing this podcast solo too. It kind of forces you uh, into it because, you know, with a guest, it's a lot easier to bounce back and forth with someone. But, you know, doing a solo can be quite difficult sometimes because it's like, you know, I got to sit here and just be, you know, in all these different streams of consciousness for an hour or 50 minutes or however long it is. And I don't know, I just miss the live, live performance. Like, you know, if I could, I would turn this fucking living room into a comedy club to get our feeling back. It's, uh, and, you know, they're saying about like the vaccines and stuff like that. Like it might come to a point where if you want to travel, go have a vaccine, you know, you want to, work in a bar, go have a vaccine. You want to work at music festivals, vaccine, comedy clubs, vaccine, like all these different places where you're going to be around a lot of people that you've got to be vaccinated. And, you know, I'm not anti-vaccine. Uh, my thing is like, listen, I've made it through the whole coronavirus without catching it. Call me superhuman. You know, that's what the people are saying about me. But it's like, so I, why would I take it if I haven't caught it? You know, maybe I had it and didn't know about it, but it didn't do nothing to me didn't even touch me, you know? So I wouldn't take it, but if I have to take it in order to do stand-up again, I would do it. You know, why I don't like needles, but what can you do? I'll take the vax, you know, and go up on stage again and get the ball rolling because, you know, sometimes I'm in such a rush to get everything going with comedy and podcasts. I'm in such a rush because... You know, it takes 10 plus years to get the ball rolling and get really good uh, comedy and podcasts and stuff like that. It takes a long, long time. And, you know, I started uh, comedy at 24. So I'm like, right, so you're telling me by the time I'm 34, I'll be okay at stand-up. I'll be good at stand-up. Like, I don't want to be still trying to figure it out in like my 40s and late 40s and early 50s. Like, thinking, fucking hell, I didn't really get far. That's why I work so hard. Because it's like... I went through so much. I got here. So now I have to put every single ounce of my being into it. You know, I just, I get, I get in a rush sometimes. And then sometimes I forget, uh, just kind of relax a little bit. Don't take your foot off the gas all the way, but just enough to where it's not ruining it for me, which what it, which is, that is kind of what it was doing. This military uh, mentality, this Rocky Balboa all or nothing type of mentality, which which I learned and now I've figured out that that is why it is. Uh, that got in the way big time of of me just enjoying the process in a way. Sometimes it is really hard to enjoy the process because you know I I don't know. You get worried of. Like you don't want to go back to the life that you came out of. You don't want to go backwards. You keep want to, you just want to keep moving forward. And the slightest hiccup or road bump, you think that it sets you all the way back and that everything's going to be ruined because of it. And I truly have learned recently that it doesn't. There's going to be road bumps. There's going to be mistakes that you make. Something is going to take longer than others. It'll, it might work out. It might not. Like it might work out in a way you didn't think it would or whatever it is, uh, they're not setbacks. They're just part of the journey, you know, and part of the process, which I don't know. I'm starting to become more like relaxed in it as well as being driven, you know, motivated, 
hard work and all these different things. Um, I'm really starting to not be so hard on myself, um, which, you know, that's difficult for all, for everyone to not be hard on yourself. Like, you know, for a lot of us, unless you're a psycho, like we're our biggest critics. And, you know, I'm definitely that way. Like every day, like I'm analyzing myself and, you know, a source of a lot of my anxiety come from this, just overthinking stuff and, you know, maybe I need to meditate more or do some yoga, take some fucking CBD, which, by the way, CBD is a shit weed. They basically found a way to sell us weed that doesn't get us high. You know, we've all done that back in the day. You might have bought, you know, you might have bought a 10 or a 20 and it was shit. Well, guess what? That's CBD and it's a million dollar business. Unbelievable. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm just figuring it all out, guys. I'm learning day by day. I'm learning, you know, podcast by podcast. What's going on there? I'm learning podcast. Fuck! My M&M CD just fell. You didn't see that. Edit that out. Enough with the mistakes. But like I said, this is all a learning process. We got to make mistakes sometimes. It's called life. You know? I, uh, I don't know. I just wanted to kind of get all that out of my system. Like, it's, I don't know, I'm just in a weird place. I talk about it a lot, I know, but this is what I'm going through, guys. You wanted raw, you wanted unedited, you wanted the truth. Everyone's like, I'm the realest person out there. No, you're not. Put your balls on the line every single week like I do for 50 minutes to an hour on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and more. And then come talk to me. You know. Um, <laughs> oh, that was it too. We're talking about this all or nothing sort of mentality. What I've learned about uh, my all or nothing mentality when it comes to uh, drinking, I think that comes from, obviously, some of that military programming that's in me. But also, like... You know, when you're going out for a drink, like the priority of the night is the drink, so to speak. Like the main focus is like, right, we are going to get drunk. Then everything else is kind of secondary. Like I noticed that that was, I think, that was the core of my all or nothing behavior in a way with it. Because like, say if like, I don't say like, I don't, you know, drink to be social. I don't, you know, drink, go and see a movie. It's like the drink is a main focus of the night. It's like, right, how fucked up can I get? Let's drink all the booze. Let's see how far I can take it. And, you know, on the weekend, I had a couple of beers, but the beers weren't the focus. It wasn't like, right, so let's say, for example, you know, I'm going to get drunk and watch a movie. Instead, I switched it to, I'm going to watch a movie and get drunk. And I know that so, sounds so simplistic, but literally that change of perspective allowed me to not go all or nothing uh, with booze the other day, which I can't remember the last time I did that, where I didn't feel the need to get fucked, go into those deep waters and drink as much as I possibly can. And I just wasn't in that mode. Like it, I didn't make it the priority, I made it secondary. It was like, well, watching the movie is the thing and have a couple of drinks that come second. Like just that little switch in mentality, you know, completely changed the, the night and just the experience. Like I didn't wake up and had like crippling anxiety because usually I would like, I drink and I'm fucked for a week, basically. You know, a couple of days to calm down but there's still like residue, residue, residue. Edit that out. There's still residue, like anxiety there, so to speak. And I don't know, kind of, well, for me anyway, I always think like, oh, was I a dick? What did I do wrong? And, you know, I did notice this though, like the last, like when I had a couple of drinks over the weekend and everything went smooth, it was cool. You know, I found myself thinking, I found myself looking for the reason why it didn't go well. I found myself trying to pick out, right, 
well, what can I look at that went wrong? Like I was trying to give myself a reason as to why it went bad. And again, that I think comes from it going a certain way for so long to where I've always been waking up with anxiety and as well, did I make a fool of myself and all this? Though when it didn't happen, it's almost like, well, no, that's not how things usually are. That's a different pattern going on. Well, I need to make, I need to make it like it was and self-sabotage in a way. And I don't know, it was really weird to notice that come up. Like, you know, sometimes that can happen when life is going really good for you and life hasn't gone good for a long time. Uh, that's when self-sabotage comes into the mix because you're like, well, I've been used to it, this for so long that anything different to that, it's just not the way things are. It's not the way it should be. And, you know, I've seen people go through that in relationships where, you know, they have so many bad relationships that as soon as a good one comes along, uh, a way is found to fuck it up. So they can be like, oh, see, yeah, I knew it. It's, it's always like that. That's always how it is. You know, it's weird. I'm start, as I get older, I'm starting to learn about patterns and behavior and stuff like that. And, you know, in other people too, but mostly about like mostly myself, like because I'm selfish. Being selfish is great, highly underrated. You should be all about you. You should all you should be about getting a six pack, getting a beach bod, getting ass implants, whatever you want to do, make it all about you. And I can help you do that if you want to be selfish. All it'll cost you is three grand a session and I'll change your life. I'll make you selfish. I will make you a millionaire. We all know this, people. Three weeks in the game. And I know everything there is to know. I already have a six pack. That's unheard of. But I can do it and so can you. You know, I got to make money somehow. You know. No small companies, no big companies, no CEOs of corporations have gone contacting me to sponsor the Luke Cartman show. Not one of them. Last week I was saying, listen, you got any healthcare products, any protein shakes, any blood pressure medication? I'll even sell dick pills. Whatever. I'll sling Viagra. I'll sling coffee beans. I'll sell pasta if I got to. Whatever it takes. And all one company reached out. Now, who's to blame for that, do you think? I don't know, maybe me, but also the listeners. They refuse to share the content. To share the episodes, share the clips. Spread the word to the people, to their family, their friends, their enemies. They refuse. So I'm partially blaming you. You know... The similar thing happened with the Prime Minister of Wales or the First Minister of Wales or whatever you want to call him, the fuckboy of Wales. No one retweeted my presidential, Prime Ministerial, First Ministerial campaign. I ran to be the head of this country and not one fucker retweeted it to Mark Drakeford. And look how that worked out for you. You put faith in him and the world is fucked. Wales is fucked. Now, if I was running things, we would have been open ages ago. Living life, going to a Weatherspoons, picking up chicks, picking up guys, whatever it is you're into. I don't discriminate. Whatever you want to do. If you want to identify as a gender neutral potato, go ahead. You know, that's a, that's a mad thing to just like come out of nowhere in the news the other day. Like, Mr. Potato Head has, you know, tucked it back. Or I don't want to say tucked it back, but it's a gender, gender neutral. So it's not even a gender, which, you know, I don't know what they're doing with Mrs. Potato Head, because let's be honest, there is one. I don't know if she's keeping the title of Mrs., but there's no Mr. Potato Head anymore. Like, do you know what? When I initially saw that, I thought, you know what, Mr. Potato Head, the legend from Toy Story, and, you know, this company has decided to make a potato head. With no title, it ain't male, it ain't female. It's non-binary. You know, a genderless potato. And this year, I was like, what the fuck? I thought, this is some, like, like companies, like, pandering 
to a certain group. That was how I took it because, you know, if you just look through our history, there is a lot of examples of that, of, you know, these corporations and companies, they kind of just get on board with whatever the thing is at that time. You know what I mean? Like, and when I saw it, I was like, what? But I thought, hold on, because this was another thing I noticed. I was like, well, that's, like, why am I having that reaction to it? Like, fuck this and all that. And it's like, I stopped myself in the middle of it. It's like, well, I don't actually feel this way. It kind of just felt like a learned behavior came to the surface. And I just started laughing. I was like, that is actually quite funny. Just a genderless, you know, potato. And it's like, who at the end of the day, who cares? You know, and it wasn't like, I don't think it was like a certain group was like calling for this to happen. I think this company literally just took it upon themselves and done it. And it's like, well, look, like we stand with you, which is all good. I support all that shit. You know, it's, uh, I don't know. The world is changing. Like it's no longer just male and female anymore. Like there's, you know, transgender, gender fluid, all these different words. I'm not sure of all the names, you know, non-binary, like, some people want to identify as a lettuce one day. Some people want to identify as this and that. And listen, I've been very vocal. I now identify as a millionaire. And that's why I want to be in this new world. So listen, I support it. Being able to identify as a millionaire is great. You know, I feel like one. I have a six pack like one. And I'm not going to show you, but in the future I will. If you behave yourself, if you retweet the podcast, if you share the podcast, I will show you my six pack. Fair deal. You know, deal or no deal, take it or leave it. <laughs> but I don't know. It was just weird. Like that, that story just blew up everywhere too. Like, like fucking hell. And some people were like outraged by it. And some people were like, who gives a fuck? And it was weird. I wanted to be pissed off. But I was like, what am I doing? Like, who, who gives a fuck? You know, there's more to life than genderless potatoes. No one cares. I got bills to pay. I've got neighbors who fuck me off on a daily. The amount of shit they talk. They're probably outside my door listening as we speak. Enough. You know, I, uh, I'm going to get into one of my favorite segments on this show. One of your favorite segments on this show. Everyone's favorite segment on this show. It is questions from the internet. da 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 da, -da. Da -da 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 -da. Question number one. Do you usually achieve goals you set? Uh, yes, because I am a talented individual who is motivated, determined, you know, ticks all the boxes, you know, and most of you don't have that. So yes, I always achieve goals that I set because that's what I'm about. You know what I mean? I, uh, yeah, and I always write them like, I write like yearly goals, monthly goals, sometimes even weekly goals, just like things I got to do and stuff like that. And it's really good to um, write shit down, man. Like, you know, not even just a goal. So I think just writing in general is such an underrated tool. You know, when I was like deep, deep in depression, like I was writing a lot and, wrote a lot of stuff and that was a, a big tool which helped me get out of depression also you know writing is it's almost like a form of therapy and you'll be surprised what ends up on the page just when you grab a pen and paper and you sit there and you don't move you know what i mean like you'd be surprised we end up on that paper and I, I recommend it to people who are going through shit who ain't going through shit just you know just like exercise um, is a good tool to have in your life. And it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of necessary. Um, I also feel that way about writing. Um, I think there's a tremendous uh, amount to gain from it. Um, so yeah, I usually achieve my goals. Listen, three weeks ago, I set the goal. I'm going to have a six pack. Three weeks later, I achieved it. So what does that tell you? I'm a man of accomplishments. Lukey accomplishments. You know, so yeah, I would say, yeah, I usually achieve the goals I set. And that's why it is. Uh, next question. If you weren't doing stand-up comedy and podcasting, what would you do instead? What would I do instead? Um, that's fucking awesome. Really good question. 
I'd probably be doing heroin somewhere, you know, drinking whiskey, you know, doing shots in my eyeballs, trying to like stick a tube on my ass and just pouring whiskey down it to get, you know, drunk quicker and shit like that. Uh, it'd be a mess. But um, if we're talking like, you know, a, a career or something like that, maybe I would say singing or acting. To be, I just, I love the arts. Like I, I just love it. Like, like art forms, not so much the arts, because I guess a bit fancy when you talk about the arts, but um, even now, if we take that out of it, maybe like job-wise, um, I don't know, like selling like mansions as a job would be, I mean, I think I would just like that lifestyle, you know, because you know, your life can change with like one big sale. And even just like, just being around like, mansions and shit i just love it like and having that be in my job to like sell them to people that'd be cool i think that is a job that i could enjoy to be honest with you um what else see mechanics is something that i've never done but i've always had like a slight interest in like you know car mechanics motorbike mechanics you know, I love motorbikes like Harley Davidson's and shit. So who knows? Maybe I'd be in a motorcycle gang. How about that? If I went doing comedy and podcasting, I'd be shooting whiskey in my ass, doing heroin, and I'd be in a motorcycle gang. You know, I don't know. That's a hard question. I haven't really given it too much thought. I might come back to that question on another episode. and Because there's so much. There's so much to do, like... I don't know, maybe become like a Formula One driver, you know, become a cowboy, you know, join the circus, you know, be a fighter even. That's a, see, that's a dream, you know, I wish I would have lived, uh, if that makes sense. Or like, not so, I don't know, it's weird. Like, you know, when virtual reality comes around, like, and you can just like, you know, when they have UFC in VR and you can like just live, as a fighter, I'd be doing that all the time. It would literally just be like comedy and podcasting and then like away from just like normal life, so to speak. And when I go into VR, I play like random games, but I'd be living life as a fighter. I, it's just, I don't know. That's one thing that I wish I really stuck to when I was younger. Like, you know, when you're a kid, you do karate, taekwondo, all these different things and, you know, some people react different to it. Some people that just becomes their life and some they just, they do it for the bear. Then, you know, they start doing drugs and drinking and it all stops like, and I know that's something I really wish I stuck to uh, throughout my life. Instead of doing like, you know, karate as a kid for a couple of years and trying boxing and jujitsu and these different uh, martial arts, you know, I, I wish I would have just stuck to them. Who knows? Listen, I'm only 27. I'm not going to become a professional fighter. That's just the fact. It's too late. But in terms of just like training, uh, why the fuck not? You know, maybe get into wrestling or jujitsu or boxing, kickboxing, uh, any of them. It's uh, I always prefer those, that type of training anyway, compared to like gym stuff, like lifting weights. And I don't know, because maybe it's because when you do a martial arts, like you're also learning something and you're developing uh, skills, you know, as well. I don't know. Right, if I was going to answer this question right now, if I weren't doing stand-up comedy and podcasting, I'll, I'll just say I'll be fighting. I'll do that instead. Uh, next question. Have you ever been skinny dipping? Uh, no, but make no mistake. When I get ripped, I'm going to be in the ocean. Make no mistake. That'll be one of the first places that I head over to. The ocean, the beach, flex in the packs. I can do that thing on my chest where you move one in and out. I don't know what the move is, but you know what I'm saying. I hope I painted the picture there for you. But uh, I know skinny dipping is when you just like, you get naked and like jump in the ocean. I've never done that. I can't swim. Uh, what if a shark gets me? Like, you know, my junk's out and all that. And, you know, I'm going to be on the fucking front page news just like with my leg and a shark's mouth. Just like, what the fuck? Like, do you know what I mean? Just like shocked that I'm even there. But at least my abs will look good. And that's what's important, looking good. As a shark is mauling you to death, you know. But uh, 
No, I don't think I have been skinny dipping. I don't think I've been, well, I've been in like a bath naked, obviously, but that's not really skinny dipping, is it? Um, have I ever been in a jacuzzi? I don't think I've been in a jacuzzi before, but I might be wrong. I might've just got like so drunk at that time that I just forgot that I was even part of my life. Um, you know, I'm not a big get in the water type of guy. Like I said, I can't swim. I can't do it, you know? So no, but who knows? When I get my six pack, uh, which I already have, by the way, let me edit that out. Uh, but um, yeah, when I'm super, super ripped, I'll go and jump in the ocean for the bed. Who cares? Who cares? Uh, next question. Have you ever worn the opposite genders clothing? Um, yeah, one time I was seeing this girl. You know, I was like, I don't know, maybe 20, 21. And she had this leopard print, like, dressing gown. And, you know, at the time I was feeling like I'm like Tarzan or some shit like that. Like, I didn't have a gut back then. I was like, I wasn't, you know, in good shape, but I was in okay shape. You know, I was ripped. There was a six pack in there, which, you know, I could see it a lot more in those days. And I knew it was just in there. I just had to bring it out. And, you know, just chilling as you do. And I put the dressing gown on. What can you do? It's a leopard print dressing gown. It was more of just like a gangster move. More than just like, oh, I'm feeling feminine. Let's put it on. It was more just like a Tarzan, King of the Jungle. You know, if I had the loincloth, I would have put that on. It could have been zebra print. Anything, I would have put it on. So, yeah. I wore a leopard print dressing gown. And you know what? I look good in it. What can you do? You know, I have more ones since, but who knows? Maybe I'll invest in one and wear it on this show. Who gives a fuck? Potato head is genderless now. I can wear a dressing gown if I fucking so please. I'll get a Versace robe that's leopard print and it'll cost five grand and I'll wear it once and throw it away. You know, that's the type of rich shit I'll be doing. You know? So, uh, yeah, I have leopard print dressing gown. Uh, next question. What was the last album you purchased? Uh, what was the last album I bought? Do you know what? I miss that. Going to buy albums. Going to like HMV, which is the music and film uh, store here in the UK. And just like, you know, you had like a tenner or something like that. And, you know, you just got 10 pounds in your pocket and like a new album come out or something like that. And like, just uh, going to get it and then having it in your hand. And, you know, just the whole thing about having an album and the artwork and stuff like that and taking home and, you know, putting in your CD player and listening to it back to front. And, you know, it was special. I do kind of miss that. And if I'm not mistaken, the last album that I bought you know, physically was uh, D12 Devil's Night, which was a great album. One of my favorite hip hop albums of all time. You know, songs like Fight Music and Shit Can Happen and, you know, American Psycho was on there and Revelation. And that was just a great album. I loved it. And D12 is one of my favorite uh, hip hop groups of all time. And no, I had some quite good CDs. Like I had 50 Cent's The Massacre when it first came out. I had Eminem on call when it first came out. Uh, Curtain Call, which is like, it's like Eminem's hits and shit. And what else do I have? Uh, I think I had like an Usher. I think it was Confessions or something like that. One of those CDs. Can't remember, I can't remember it, what it was called, but it was one of those. Uh, what other CDs did I have? The Gary Richard Die Trying, 50 Cent Gary Richard Die Trying album. And I had the movie soundtrack version of it. Uh, what else? Uh, a couple of like, uh, I think I had the Grime CD. It was Devlin, uh, the UK rapper. I had his, uh, what's it called? Bud Sweat and Beers. I think it was his first ever album. I had that and I don't know. It's, it's cool. Like this album here, the Eminem one. Uh, I had this when I was younger, but this is one that I rebought for one pound and it's still in plastic. And I like it just as like the meaning behind it, the historical you know, kind of significance of it all. And it's just like a core, they're like pieces of art uh, to me in a way. 
you know, like you see like a really cool painting. I'm not trying to compare it to like the Mona Lisa and all shit like that, but it's that sort of thing. It's just like a collector's uh, item. You know what I mean? So yeah, the last album that I purchased was D12 Devil's Night. Uh, next question. What's your favorite sportswear brand? Nike. It's got to be Nike all the way. And listen, Nike, if you listen to this, you know, sponsor the Luke Cartman show. I need a Nike endorsement. You know what I mean? I, uh, and you know, when I was growing up, it was always like, right, Nike or Adidas, like which one? And I never really gave a fuck about Like I wore Adidas clothes and had the trainers and shit, but I was always Nike for some reason. Like that would always be where I wore the most. And I don't know. I just like that. And we're talking sportswear brands, you know, even though some are like, you know, Puma's made a comeback. Champion has made a crazy comeback. Feeler's made sort of a comeback. Like, I don't know. But for me, Nike is a numero uno. You know, so if anyone works with Nike and they listen to this, support the Luke Hartman Show. Sponsor the Luke Hartman Show. And let's get rich. Uh, next question. Do you believe in life after death? Um, fucking hell. I don't know. I really don't know. I would like to think that there is something after this uh, based on the fact that it's even, you know, it's quite bizarre that we're even here to begin with. So I wouldn't rule it out that there is life after death. And even if it's not, it's like, okay, it makes this even more special, uh, to be honest. You know, it kind of just makes you appreciate it. Like, listen, if you're not going to be here forever, enjoy it. You know, and I love how I like say these things. Like I'm literally going through this stuff myself. And I'm like, yeah, you need to just live in the moment. And you know, I'm a dickhead. We all know this, but uh, um, I don't know if I do. I like to believe that there is, and I hope there is something. But the truth is, I don't know. It's the age-old question: Is the life what happens when you die? And we really haven't been able to figure it out. So I don't know. I guess I'm excited to find out what it is, I suppose. Um, so yeah, uh, to be continued, I suppose. Uh, next question. Why do they make scented toilet paper? Um, why do they make scented toilet paper? That is an interesting question. You know, first of all, if people in 2021 are still using toilet paper, you know, you should leave the country. Like, like if you got shit on any other part of your body, would you wipe it off with tissue? You wouldn't. It's either, you know, it's the toilet wipes or like a bidet or some sort of like cleaning device that just shoots water in your ass and clean it with like, you know, something that actually works. Instead of using toilet paper like a fucking animal, you know. Like, if I know that, like, you just, like, you only use toilet paper, I can't even look at you the same anymore. I just can't. We're being honest here. I can't. You know, it's got to be the toilet wipes, the flushable toilet wipes. You know, you don't want to cause an issue. Then there's, like, an overflow and you've got to, like, swim through shit for an hour. But, like, I know. Like, scented, that's just marketing. It's like, well, all toilet paper is toilet paper. So if you make it smell like roses or you know, whatever you want it to smell like, you know, freedom, maybe. They're like, what's we'll that to people? You know, it's like, oh, my ass smells like coconuts. No one cares. No one's eating your ass anyway. Why are you going to make it smell like coconuts for? You know? But, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. Toilet paper is a thing of the past. It's 2021. We're in the 21st century. Enough with the toilet paper. Flushable toilet wipes on a bidet that shoots water into your asshole at high speed. And uh, so, no, I don't know why they make it. I guess it's just marketing. Uh, next question, and the final question from the internet. Do you value using money for experiences like traveling and the arts? Uh, I guess I value it, but like, I'd rather spend money on just like, I don't know, I like spending money on like clothes, because I want to look good, uh, trainers, um, 
what else do I like spend? Food. Food is probably the thing I spend money on the most. Outside the bills, because the government wants to fuck me all the time. Uh, most of my money goes on food. And now that I'm in the fitness world, I'm one of the staples in this world and I'm doing really good work. I was spending on uh, fitness products, like a uh, whey protein. Um, yes, like I haven't really spent much money traveling. I haven't done, I need to do more traveling, to be honest. Um, like I've said, I've only been on holiday once to Cyprus, uh, which is a great holiday. And I really enjoyed that time. And uh, But I just, in terms of just traveling in general, I need to get out and, oh shit, that was hit the mic there. Edit that out. I, uh, yeah, I just want to, I just want to experience a bit more, go out in nature a bit and just, you know, get away from kind of this bubble and just, yeah, travel a bit more, like spending money on the arts. Like, I don't need to go to a theater with like a monocle and just like looking at people, you know, dancing and shit like that and theater. I haven't got time for all that. But um, I don't know. I do value it, but it's not something I do enough. And, you know, that's something I'm definitely going to be looking into. Like, I don't I want to go up to like mountains and shit and like just travel out into nature a bit more. Because, you know, living in the city, you're kind of disconnected. Like, you'll see a tree from time to time, but it don't really hit you. don't really care about it. Like, there's usually, like, you know, bottles of alcohol next to it. And, you know, it's not the same. But, uh, like, when I was in military college, uh, we went up to Penavan Mountain, which I'm not really sure how high it is. But, like, doing that, for example, like, that, I remember that was an amazing experience. Because, like, you'd be walking up there. And it would be like sunny as fuck by here, but then raining by here. You're like, you'd literally be in the middle of it. Like it would be that close. You know, and you, I got remember getting to the top of it and just kind of looking out of, you know, earth, you know, looking up of the mountains or hills or whatever they're called and just kind of just taking it all in. It's shit like that. Like put it this way, I felt like I was different walking down than I was walking up it. Like it, it just changes you in some way. It's almost like, Nature, being out in nature, true nature, kind of like cleanses you in a way uh, when you're taken away from all this stimulus that we're on with our fucking our phones and COVID and, you know, people with blue hair and potato head and all this different shit. Like, um, so yeah, that, uh, I'm definitely going to be investing in traveling at some point soon. Uh, and that was questions from the internet. Ah, what time are we at? Fucking hell, coming up on 58 minutes. Uh, I enjoyed this episode, I've got to be honest. You know, getting some things off my chest. You know, kind of, uh, I don't want to say therapy, but just talking and, you know, letting you know where I'm at mentally, what's going on, things I'm learning. You know, I hope you enjoyed this show. Hope you were entertained. Hope you maybe learned something or you didn't learn anything at all. And it was just checking in to see what's going on with Lukey here. You know, but uh, I'll be back with you all next Friday for another episode of the Luke Cartman Show. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to Luke Cartman Show on YouTube and leave a five-star rating and a positive review on uh, Apple Podcasts. But the most important thing is just subscribe on YouTube. Uh, share the podcast with your friends. Tell your friends, your family, your enemies, everyone. Then a homeless person on the street, the Luke Cartman Show, uh, they might have heard of me. Um, and follow me on social media, at Luke Cartman on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and at Luke Cartman, at the Luke Cartman Show, sorry. On a, so at, edit that out at the Luke Cartman show on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter I'm probably going to be getting rid of my Facebook soon just because it's just like full of boomers and they're all annoying and everyone's just negative and toxic so I'm probably going to be moving off that platform soon but you can get everything uh, Luke Cartman and the Luke Cartman show related on Instagram and Twitter so follow me on there I hope you all have a good weekend or a good day whenever you listen to this I hope you all look after yourselves, you know, drink your protein shakes, have a coffee, take a fucking vitamin B, you know, and just enjoy yourselves and don't be so hard on yourselves. You know, you're doing good. Uh, you know, try and smile. I know it's half a lot of people. It's half me sometimes, but you just got to go. You got to do it sometimes. Go just grab yourself by the balls or by the tits or whatever, by your non-binaries and just get it together, you know? But so, uh, Again, I appreciate you all listening. I'll be back with you all next Friday for another episode of the Luke Cartman Show. This is the Luke Cartman Show. I'm Luke Cartman. Peace.